This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Raw. The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over-18s only, as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Hello, and welcome to Raw, the Fight Within podcast with me, Kevin Cassius. Delighted this week to be joined by former Premier League star and former professional boxer, Leon McKenzie, and my friend as well. Cougar. How are you, mate? Lovely to be on, mate. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. 2017 was the last one. I knew he was going to chuck that. <laughs> <in front. laughs> 2017, I Six years ago. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, where's that six years gone? I don't know, but I'm, I'm still going. Still you, going. You're still here. Still you're still in, here. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to get you on here because I think, like I said, we spoke about this earlier on, where you are in a, a very, very small club of people that have made uh, a successful transition from playing football at the highest level to then competing in boxing. And uh, obviously people that know you know why that link happened, obviously because of uh, your family connections in in boxing. But um, Mm. yeah, and obviously you've spoken over the years about your kind of struggles in life in your book as well. Um, mm. I was at your book launch, do you remember? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. In your book launch. Uh, at your book launch. 2012 rather. that was. Was it really? Mm. That was 11 years ago. 2012. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I thought you're kind of, you're good for the type of podcast that I wanted to do because there was a lot of different things that we can talk about and kind of address that has reference to your life. So I'm going to ease you in quite gently. Please do. And then we'll see how we go on. Um, so, in terms of boxing, what was your first 
ever like memories as a child of boxing? I would say my first memories as a child uh, boxing-wise was seeing my dad uh, fight a opponent called Chris Blake at Fairfield Halls in Croydon. Um, I remember that vividly because I jumped into the ring after. I think I was about eight, seven, eight years old or something like that, maybe. Maybe a bit younger. I can't remember the actual age. Uh, but the, the one fight that sticks out for me was when he came back after retiring, um, came back and won a British title against Lloyd Christie. And that was in Birmingham. And I jumped into the ring uh, about sort of 11 years old, like jumping up and down, just absolutely in awe of my dad. Uh, just obviously doing it again. I think he was 33 years old at the time, coming back to win a British title. And the last one would be seeing my uncle Duke win uh, a world title, I believe, uh, against Canizales. Um, and that was, I think, Crystal Palace, I believe, as well. Uh, and that was, a, that was a beautiful memory. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's been some amazing childhood memories in terms of my boxing history and my family, uh, with, you know, British European champion being my dad, Clinton, and then Duke going on to be former three-time world champion. Uh, it was kind of built in, in my DNA. So really and truly from age, I'd say seven, eight years old, I was always sort of around the gyms. So anyone that really knew me properly would know that, you know, I was always around boxing. So football only, football only came into play, I would say, you know, 13 years old, uh, 14 years old, Crystal Palace sort of came into to play. And then, yeah, then there's a little story in terms of I could have gone down the boxing route or I could have done the football route, but I chose boxing and had 18 years. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've just answered my next question in that, but do you mm. remember the first actual professional fight you went to watch? I'm assuming it had something to do with your dad. Was that yeah, it? The first, the first professional boxing, yeah, that would be, that would be my dad. Mm. Um, I would say probably against a guy called Chris Blake, who he absolutely boxed his head off. It was just beautiful to see. Um, and then I went to see Nigel Ben actually one time and my dad actually took me into the changing room to see Nigel and I was, I was a little bit in awe of Nigel I was a bit of a fan of Nigel back then and then we're, as 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 life goes on you know I ended up going to to his house in Tenerife and, and just getting to know him on a personal level and you know he's a real real good man in terms of where he is now so outside of kind of your dad and your uncle, who who would you say was the boxer that kind of made you take notice of boxing to a certain, a certain Sugar Leonard. Yeah? Sugar Leonard, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and the reason I say Sugar Leonard is because I would say, because my dad boxed him in a Mon 76 Montreal Olympics, by the way. Um, what a great thing to throw out <laughs> just, just to pull Unbelievable. it Unbelievable. <laughs> just to pull it out there. We should just end it now. You know, I just thought, you know, I've, then I obviously started to do my own education around Sugar Ray Leonard, and you know, after beating my dad in in the Olympics, and um, he went on to become five-time world champion, I believe. So um, he was given. But between him and Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson was the person that really, you know, I, I'm waiting up till four o'clock in the morning just to see this man do a ring walk. You know, the, the man was just amazing. So that's what enticed me into getting to 
to boxing um, and I'd always done a little bit in the side myself although football was, was the leading way mm. uh, this next question is something I'm always interested to know the answer from because it's varied and some people can't even answer this and it's probably more interesting to hear your response to this Leon mm. obviously after your football career if you hadn't got into boxing what do you think you would have done if you just retired Mm. as like a, a, a Premier League footballer or mm. a professional footballer mm. and hadn't got into boxing, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, I can go quite deep on that because I think, as you know, sportsmen in the South, but athletes sometimes can lose their identity after finishing their careers. Um, I had lost my identity after football, finishing you know, football, and I wasn't really prepared to finish through injury and everything else. And I was more prepared to finish from boxing because I had things in place to look sort of forward to, um, you know, doing documentaries and, and all those types of things. But to answer that question in terms of what I would do, I don't really know if, if I didn't have boxing, I don't really know. I'm, I was never the, the footballer to play loads of premiership years and earn loads and loads of money. Um, to be just chilling on a golf course sort of thing. Um, but what I will do is I've, I've always learned how to understand life, uh, being a realist and understand that, yeah, you know what, I don't have a fear of, of working like the average man just because once upon a time I was that. I, I feel like I, I, can, I would have done anything and done anything good for whatever was to come after. Um, to you know, show my kids a good uh, attitude and example in just knowing, okay, yeah, once upon a time this is where daddy was, but at the same time, you know, sometimes we have to do what we have to do. And I've done that many times in my life. Regardless of premiership football, regardless of jumping in the ring, I've, I've, I've got to, to understand uh, my character. So I'll always find, I'd always do something. Do you think you would have possibly have stayed in football at some capacity after retirement? Not really. Um, football sort of traumatised me for a number of years um, just with so many mixed emotions around it. But I've never really been into coaching as such. I've never really been in like to go and watch games and be that sort of fan. I'm more a boxing fan than I am a, a football fan. But... Having said that, I do, you know, I mentor the under-18s for Crystal Palace now, so I'm a mentor for Crystal Palace Football Club, which is quite ironic for me, being that that was the first club I started. And now I end up, you know, being with these kids who, you know, that's where I was once upon a time, and being able to guide them and, and, and give them education around real-life topics and getting them to be prepared for, for when it does finish or what is to come if you do reach the the goals and the dreams and um, what to, to really be look out for and prepare for. So that's, that's a fantastic position. That's what I like to do, the, the give back position. That's, that's what means a lot to me. When you was a kid, do you remember the first ever, like, um, like I'm not talking about in a boxing sense, but do you remember the first ever, like, whether it was a, a fight or mm. like a serious encounter in terms of... What, that I had? That you had, do you remember? Anything oh, yeah, I, I was bullied, man, at school. I was bullied for, for a little while and that's why I sort of learnt to fight. So you remember Rocky Five and that? I swear to you not, that's when my dad was still fighting and that and he was pulling up in the Rolls Royce 
at my school. So you know kids can be quite evil, yeah? So when I was getting pulled up in, in my school, and he had like a gold Rolls Royce at the time, they was a little bit envious and stuff, and some of the bully boys used to think, oh, you know, who do you think you are? Just because your dad's a boxer, the same old shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I got tucked in a few times, and then I thought, nah, do you know what? I'm not taking this no more. So I got myself into the gym. My dad had a gym. In a, he actually owned a pub in, in Streatham called the Park Tavern, which is right on the corner. And there was a gym underneath it. So that's where Mark Prince used to get go and, and people like that. So I was always in the gym. And I remember going to the school and, and yeah, one time I, I beat up the, the school bully. Never really looked back from there. But I've had, a, yeah, I've had a few interesting scenarios, especially within football, where they didn't know I had a bit of boxing history. Yeah, that must be mad because like yeah. we always look at footballers now and think, oh, he could probably have a row. He could probably have a row. But then I suppose yeah. with yourself and uh, mm. if you're not really educated about your background um, and your family's history in the sport, then yeah. yeah, I mean it was the same thing when I went into to, to boxing, right? Everyone was just like, oh, another footballer. Who do you think you are? You know, coming into our sport and blah blah blah. But the real, real boxing people would get it. You know, the real boxing of people. Um, who would understand that actually this is not, you know, this is not a joke. It's not no gimmick thing. It's not no, I was doing it for real. And you can you can see that in in terms of the fights I had with the eleven pro fights I had. Mm. I mean, look, we, we, we've kind of seen just to kind of finish off on on what you're saying there. We've mm. seen the rare occurrences. Um, I mean, the two notable people that do stick out are yourself and Curtis Woodhouse. Yeah, Curtis Woodhouse, former British champion. Mm. Um, but then we've seen like the situation with Rio mm. trying to do it as well, Rio Ferdinand, mm. and he was knocked back for a licence a few years ago. We saw whatever it was with, I know it's not the same because he wasn't a footballer, but the Freddie, Freddie Flintoff I mean, uh, situation where he had a pro fight mm. on a, a card in Manchester a few years ago, people remember. But um, mm. I think when you even look at those situations, but compare it to yourself and also Curtis, that you guys weren't in it for, like, just a bit of attention, etc. And I think, like, you proved that with how you fought in the ring and kind of how seriously you took it. But you're right, boxing people already know this, didn't really have to question this. No, no. But again, you're always... You're never going to be able to please everyone in, in life, right? So the main thing that I had to do is just focus on my own journey and understand my value of what I'm doing and bringing. It wasn't really about you know people's opinions as such it's just doing what I had to do and I'm I'm real grateful to have the opportunity to do it because at you know at the age I was going into professional boxing you know 35 years old jumping into professional boxing with no amateur experience is is nothing to be looked upon do you know what I mean so and then actually fighting people like Cello Renda who's an absolute bogeyman who's got very good pedigree uh, in my last fight at 39 years old I've I, I done my best. <laughs> you absolutely did do that. Tell me about a time, and like I said, I'm, I know a lot of, not a lot, but I know what you've kind of put out there in terms of things in your life that um, you've had to go through, but talk to me about a time where you felt that you were fighting a losing battle in your life. I've, I would say I fought a, a lot of losing battles in my life, just through bad choices. Um... What sport didn't prepare me for was life circumstances in terms of how it can sometimes hit rock bottom, right? And I hit rock bottom. And yeah, some, you know, there's lots of people that 
understand I've been very open about depression and anxiety. I still battle with those things to this day, but I learn how to cope with it. So I learn how to just try and find a way to make my day better and to do things that help my life now. Um, but there was some real dark times uh, as, 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 as opposed to, you know, trying to take my own life would be just a point of just like completely losing myself. And anyone that knows me knows that, you know, my children are my everything in terms of what that, that's my power, they're my love. But when you're actually going through these things in life um, that can just really hold you down and your mind breaks down and you go through that real bad depression and that real bad place of, of just loneliness, it's, you know, nothing really can help you at that particular time but yourself to understand this is only you that can help yourself to get out of this. It doesn't matter what you do. And I, I will say that confidently because I've spoke to so many people all over the world. And, you know, you always hear this opinion that society will say, uh, uh, you know, most of uh, society would say, Oh, but, you know, you were a premiership footballer, you earned lots of money, you did this, you did that, what you got to be depressed about, right? It's the same kind it's of... It's a horrendous take, isn't it? It's the same kind of rhythm, yeah. but it's just how the world is. It's, how, it's what society has made us. So it's give us, you know, all social networks and that's give people some kind of mouth and voice to, to think they can say what they want without actually affecting people later on, do you know what I mean? Um, I've... You know, I've interviewed people like Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, who's a multi-millionaire, an absolute superstar. Hollywood. <laughs> that's just that's just keep it there. He's absolutely Hollywood. And for when that man can sit in front of me and say to me, well, do you know what? You know, I, I still suffer from depression, Leon. Yeah? It can happen to anyone. It just depends on what your journey is. And also understanding the trauma that you might have had in your own life. You know, I've got childhood trauma from things that have been personal that have happened to me in my life. But it's not a feel-sorry-for-me story. That I'm trying to get away from, you know, people coming, oh, stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's not about feeling sorry for myself. The reason why I do all the talking that I do is because I know there's so many people out there struggling for their own journey through their own reasons of trauma, whatever it is, or careers finishing, or, you know, divorce, or, you know, missing your children, or whatever it is, there's triggers in us all. So when those triggers are activated, therefore, it can put us in, in really vulnerable places. And that is why I speak today. Talking is the best therapy. Talking is the, the power for you to not only get that rehabilitation within yourself, but to, to produce that kind of positive energy that you, you put out. So, yeah, I'm talking, and I'm talking about this topic because it... You know, not only, you know, five words saved my life, I believe talking really saved my life in the end. So if you're sick of hearing me talking about things that can potentially save another person's life, then just don't listen to me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I've, I've spoke to a few people um, on this podcast about what you're talking about. And um, I suppose you're a good person to answer this actually mm. um what what do you think about i don't agree with this counter by the way but i'll, I'll put it out to you about training your mind mm. just not to be in that it's not as it, you i don't believe that that can be done with certain people i do believe that in certain situations you can train yourself mm. to almost not think of yourself as depressed etc but I know it doesn't work like that and I think that you'll say the same thing that it's not that easy to switch off something that which is a mental illness like that no I think when you're going through a depressive state of mind to tell that person to say get out of bed come on you'll be all right it doesn't really work like that no when your mind's broken down you have to give yourself a certain time and understand what is going on. So you have to own that position of, you know, I'm a bit down or I'm a bit depressed. But you've also got to understand how much power you do have in turning it around. And it can be as simple as going for a walk, picking up the phone and speaking to someone that you trust or love um, and that loves you back and just confiding in someone else just to express your thoughts, feelings and emotions of what you're truly going through. That's, that's the reality in it. Um, because you can't do it by yourself. You do need that close you know, circuit of people who, who really do love you and want the best for you. But I would say it will come down to yourself in the end to get yourself in a position to, to again, fight. Ray Winston said to me about this on a couple of episodes ago on this about this. And he said to me about He's never felt like suicidal. Has Mm. he had bad days? Yes. And I get this from kind of quite a little bit of a common answer that's becoming uh, Mm. apparent um, about there is sometimes so much about mental health, suicide, depression put on social media in front of your face. Even if you're not really following it, you still see it. Yeah. Um, Is there an argument to this that if you're having a bad day or going through a bad time in your life, mm. that's what that is. It's not strictly clinical depression. It, so it can trigger people to thinking that that's what they're going through because mm. as much as I still don't think it's been t- talked about, especially with men, yeah, talked about enough, but there is a count to that, that it's so vastly out there, more so than ever, yeah. to a certain degree, yeah. can people get kind of almost confused to think that they think one thing when really it is a bad point in their life? It's a good question. It really depends what you're trying to identify, right? So what I mean is by that is someone that is going through depression and they might, 
you know, as you can see, people being more vocal. Um, it is a lot on social medias, uh, you know, all the context that, that goes out. Um, can, how do you define someone having a bad day to maybe someone that is trying to take their life? So I've got a little motto on this is that what happens to Pinocchio when he lied? The nose grow. Right, you can visually see that, right? Yeah. You can visually see that his nose growing. Right. Okay, so what do you think happens to someone that suffers from depression? You don't see anything. It's hard to really tell. So maybe we're in terms of Ray Winston, in terms of what Ray's saying, um, I totally understand what he's saying, by the way. How do you then say, well, how is someone suffering from a bad day? Just everyone has bad days, right? But then you don't really know if someone's actually trying to check out a life because there is no visual tales, right? There is no real clear signs. So it would be very... Not shallow, but I always try and listen to someone that is trying to speak because we don't actually know what that person is going through. Although they might not say suicide and they might say, oh, you know, I'm having a really bad day. We don't know how many, real, what that bad day is, is, is really what they're going on with it. For, do you know what I mean? We don't know what's going on within that bad day. So therefore, these things can lead to suicide. And I think you only really understand that more so is if you... I've lost people to suicide. I've lost my uncle to suicide. I've lost my sister to suicide. I've lost myself, nearly. Right? So you get a greater insight on what truly is mental health. Right? But also, yeah, understand. Yeah, of course. Everyone has bad days. And you can have those little bad days. But you have to really understand the difference between just having a bad day or actually, actually thinking about how you're going to end your life is two completely different contrasts in terms of what you are trying to put out. So whoever is putting out content in terms of mental health, be clear, be confident, and be very, very direct in what you're trying to say. But also warn people of what it might be if it is suicide content. I mean, you've said yourself about you've gone through nearly with yourself and mm. also with family members. Yeah. How many people around your family would have had the opinion that didn't see that coming, didn't mm. know, seemed all right, etc.? I'm not saying the immediate people, but yeah. that's sort of if you think of an outside layer to that, yeah. wouldn't know anything different. Right. And so he's shocked about that situation that's happened. So here's the thing. Probably everyone... So then my dad is my best friend, but my dad did not think I would do that, right? And he's the closest person to me. But the reason why, and this is what it comes down to, is because, you know, I did become a bit of an actor. Uh, it was all, you know, if you ask all my teammates through when I was playing football and the bubbly character I was, they wouldn't have known. When they all heard what happened to me, they were shocked. I had calls of of former teammates, they're like, Leo, I can't believe it. Mm. You know what I mean? And that is because, simply, I didn't show them what was truly going on. I didn't speak about it. I just kept it all to myself. And then what happens is when you do keep it all to yourself, you end up having a crash, basically, and it, and it will all come on top at some point. So you've got to be able to understand yourself, understand your character, 
But yes, we have to look at things a little bit more carefully. And 100%, everyone has bad days. But it's a very thin line between having a bad day and then someone to try and check out a life. For you now, mm. uh, in your this stage of your life, what are the everyday battles for Leon McKenzie? Everyday battles for me are just trying to find my peace. I've always tried to find a little bit more peace than what, what I've maybe given myself credit for. I've achieved uh, so much in my life within my own journey. Um, and sometimes I think you can always keep chasing that. You know, what, what's next? What's next? And sometimes it can get tiring. You know, sometimes I, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I had 18 years in professional football, another four years in professional boxing. Uh, you know, within the, you know, 2017, I'm retired. With those five years, I've just been happy just to be able to just eat what I want, just have a little bit of time for me. Um, but also understand that, yeah, okay, like, what can I do to make a difference? What can I do, off the back of everything I've achieved, what can I do to affect someone else's life? What can I do to, to give back? What, with all the things I've experienced and achieved, like, what, what's the point on sitting on it, good or bad? Therefore, that's what gives me the confidence to be able to speak and, and, and give people, as I can't tell you the, the amount of messages and, and people that reach out to me, even when I'm maybe just posting little training videos or, you know, trying to post positive things. It's about the positive nature of this. Mental health has got a very, you know, not bad aura around it, but it's not really positive where it can actually go to. So, yes, everyone has, you know, may suffer from mental health, but it can actually go to a more of a, a positive place in terms of how you use it, how you come back from it. How do you respond from where you was maybe once upon a time to where you are now? And that's what we, what I try and push out. You know, it's all about the fight it bit. That's that's the most important bit. You know, to try and understand where you are in 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 your life. So for me now, it's just about just trying to give back, trying to educate, um, and just be happy. But within my own journey, you know what I mean. That, not no one, no one else's. Understand my own value. Um, making the right choices because it's not always been that. Sometimes we can make the wrong choices and then we put ourselves in a very vulnerable mental health state anyway. Just through choices that we've we've made that are wrong and that can affect our lives, our our relationships, our kids. It ain't just about you. So we have to look at what the choices that we do that we do make. Um, and and try and grow, um, because you're still gonna fall. You're still gonna, but you know, even what the Rock said to me, which stuck out one time in my head, was, you know, he still has bouts of of, of depression. But what he understands is now is that well, every time he goes through that bout of depression, every time he he has that fall, it's a, it's he's always a little bit more equipped the next time round. So every time it comes around again, because it might go through phases of when it hits you, then he's a little bit more equipped to be able to, to say, right, okay, this worked for me this time, so now I know what to do with this, or I'm going to go and hit the gym today and, and do a workout, or I'm going to go and speak to a few of my close friends and or, or close family and, and reach out, or I might have a cry uh, to one someone that I, I trust and, and can confide in, you know? 
And, and those are the things that are important. I can't tell you how much I've cried in my life. <laughs> no matter what achievements have, have come, whether that's through happiness, I, you know, I've, I've cried a lot, so, but in, good, in a good way. That was actually teeing me up for my next question. When was the last time you had to fight back tears, or do you fight them back? Yeah, I don't fight back tears, no. No? No, I don't. I'm, I'm just not that type of character. But um, the last time I cried was probably when my daughters were, were with me, um, and they were going back home to Spain with, 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 with their mum. Um, we've got a, a place there. And that's where their mum's from, so we've got, we've got a place there. So, you know, we, they were going back there. It was my first Christmas without them, right? So it was my first Christmas without my, my baby girls. I've got five children, but um, they were obviously leaving the country, those particular two. And, yeah, it, it, it hit me. It is what it is. Again, I'm not saying it, oh, get the violins. You know what, people come on social network and be like, oh, get the violins out, oh, stop feeling so... No, it's not that. It's not that. I just love my baby girls, yeah? They're my power. That's the reason why I get up every day. Um, and obviously my son to include to that, to show them, you know, right, yeah. You know, daddy once upon a time was here and you've seen the up and down roller coaster in life. But there's one thing that I need to show all of my children is, is the, the mentality in how to fight back when things ain't going right in your life. And then you'll have the ability to see and watch all the things that I've done, all the bad choices I've made in my life to understand, okay, we've seen this before, but you'll have the ability to understand how to fight back in your own life. So that's what I, I am trying to project to them. You're a fighter in every sense of the word, and I don't necessarily mean as a boxer, but in life, we know that. Um, where does Thank that you. fight spirit come from? Where does that stem from? Is it a family thing? Is it something you've developed as well as being a family thing? What is it? I would say... I'd say my dad's got a big part to do with it. He's a man that is, I see who's probably a little bit more vulnerable as he's getting older now. Um, a heart of gold. But I've seen my dad suffer in many ways through bad choices. Um, I've seen him, you know, go through 15 round fights. I've seen him in pain. I've seen him, you know, going out to train at stupid o'clock in the morning and, and have that desire and, and, and dedication around what he wanted to achieve. But the flip side of that, my dad wasn't educated in terms of life. So he lost a lot. Um, and if you speak to my dad now, he'd be able to speak to you and be humble in the approach of understanding where he went wrong. Um, he, he probably showed me to have the ability to be able to fight. This is a man that will probably die in his gym. He's got his own gym. Uh, and I respect that. Um, he's just, he, he tries and that's what, that's what, he, it's what he does, what he has the ability to do. Um, I don't know, I think I've had to look, at, look in with myself but first and foremost, not that I am religious. I have to thank God, um, truly, from my heart, because he's not left my side. I've left him on a few occasions. Um, what, I'm, what, I, what I mean by that is, is that you know, when I'm in touch and I pray, and I 
and I try and do the best that I can do, there's a certain power that comes within that, uh, just knowing that you're protected no matter what you go through. And this is, you know, this is a person that's been, uh, a, a, you know, elite top, elite, elite athlete, but also, you know, I've seen prison doors, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've uh, I've been divorced. I've 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 been through many things in life, and I've walked many paths that most probably won't even even uh, reach. Um, but it's all about how you respond, and, and and you know, like since I came out of prison after football, and then you know, writing the autobiography and trying to rebuild my life and reinvent myself. It's all about how you reinvent yourself every single time that, you know, one chap chapter ends. You have to continuously reinvent yourself and that is the key to, you know, to continue in life. Do you still feel like at this point of your life that you're still having to fight your demons? Do you have demons still? It doesn't ever stop, Cooks. Mm. You, just, you just find better ways of coping, yeah? Um, I could sometimes maybe ruminate in in terms of you know go back to certain things that have happened and certain things that have held me down and that can slow you down a bit if you get in the habit of always going back to those places that made you feel sad then you're going to always be there right so you've got to try and understand that okay that was once where it was but what can I do now to make my life different now what can I do to control the now there is days where I have to, you know, bring in my, my fight spirit and understand, right, well, okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Probably, I'm about to lose my driver license, but it's not that bad. <laughs> Three points again. But it's not that bad. We just have to just go with the flow and, and, and take it for what it is. But understand there's something silver lining in, in most things. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. Leon, obviously, you fight for yourself, you fight for your... Children. Children, your family, missus. Yeah. Who fights for you? Who's there for you? Like, 
in, in your corner, in your life corner, who's there for you, rain or shine, whatever's going on, them people are there I've for got you, a lot of people. There? I've got a lot yeah. of people there for me. I've got a very close circle of friends. Um, I'll, I'll call them brothers rather than friends. I don't really, I won't sort of name them as such, but I've got, they know who they are in terms of who's in my corner and vice versa. We have little groups and stuff. Um, we always try and encourage each other. As you know, my dad is my best friend. I have a new uh, partner who is, um, who's got a heart of gold. I believe that she's in my corner. My children, you know, are, are, are my everything. So they are very much in touch with my feelings. They kind of know their daddy now. Um, and I and I'm and I and I try and explain that or elaborate. When I say that they know daddy, they kind of know when I'm feeling a little bit sad, right? Mm. Kids are so intelligent, more so than you, you probably would would think. But there's been times where my girls have pulled me out of that little moment of oof, you know, that little moment of distress or that little moment of sadness. You know, it might be one of my daughters just like literally just like stroking my face or you know there's been times which they'd be like love you daddy and it's just like <laughs> do you know what I mean I could cry on the spot but positive trigger points I could cry on the positive spot positive trigger points yeah yeah so that's what it's about that's what it's about it's about it's about understanding uh, where you are in your life um, and, and also understanding the love you have in your life uh, and, and what is precious you know this is all going to you know uh, no matter what, whoever's competing, <laughs> whether you're at the top or whatever it is you're doing in life, it's all going to end soon. <laughs> at some point, it's all going to end soon. You might, you might make the most money. You might be the Floyd Mayweather or Tyson Fury of, of boxing. But at some point, it's, it's all going to end. And when it all ends, I just hope that you're in a position to understand that actually... When that's all gone, what do you have? So when you ask those questions, that's the most important thing. The love that you have around you, your circle, your friendships, your relationship, your kids. That's it. That's, that's, what, that's what should, should be your power. It shouldn't really be down to. But then, you know, people, people will you know, maybe disagree with that. Some people's power is money and, and, and fame and all that rubbish. But... It is what it is. Well, what stops you, or do you think stops you, from ever reaching that black hole that you spoke about and have spoken about now? before? What stops you from even entering around that that black hole? What is it? Uh, elaborate more so, in, in terms of suicidal thoughts? Correct. Okay. Now, because I never want to where I woke up once upon a time in the hospital to see my family in that crying their eyes out and I was just very confused. I never want my my children, you know, my partner, my the people that love me now, I I couldn't leave this life now knowing how I've affected their lives by leaving that with them. I I I I couldn't I couldn't be up there looking down and thinking, oh, like, like, like I've just left you with 
pain now for the rest of your life because I've done something that I couldn't control. My power is to fight that because I never want to be in that position again where I have to, you know, there's people that have not, not made that. But I know what it does to be left by someone that's taken their own life. I know what it does to that person. I know what it does to that wife, husband, brother, sister. You know, the, I know what it does to the kids when someone takes their own life through whatever it is they're going through and God bless their souls. But I don't want to ever feel that like that again and put that vulnerability around the people that truly love me. So that's my power to try and always keep going. No matter what, you know, it's just to try and keep going. In your opinion, how big is depression in boxing? Massively. Um, one of the reasons why I'm obviously doing so much in terms of, of, of the boxing board now. Um, Actually, I go on to that? or Absolutely. Yeah, so obviously the, the British Boxing Board of Control have been on at me for a good couple of years now. Um, obviously got a good family history in terms of, you know, my uncle Duke was, was a part of the board many, many years ago with Mickey Collier, um, obviously bringing him into board. So I'd, I'd spoken and had many conversations with the board and I wanted to see the angle that they were coming from. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy around the board and different opinions, but uh, let's face it, it's had a very old school way of thinking. It's had a very old school way of, of doing things. Um, and my thought process, as I said to you many, many years ago, was just to try and make a few little small changes in the way things are, are done um, and try and use my contacts and enough uh, power and education around putting the boxing board into the right areas. So right now I'm trying to set up uh, uh, some some major meetings in, in, and help uh, the British Boxing Board of Control uh, look at ideas about helping fighters who who are retiring and struggling properly because we've obviously heard this so many times every year. Um, so I'm going to try and collaborate them with uh, Sporting Chance, who are who you know are an amazing charity in terms of what they do and what they provide with therapy psychological like from psychological psychological point of view um and all the things that they 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 do so um hopefully that comes into play and and I can make that happen so yeah I've had a a few meetings with the board so we're going to collaborate with sporting chance I'm hoping that that pushes through because that would be massive because of what sporting chance do provide with therapy psychologists even rehab um, location. Uh, I've I've actually been in there to get away from 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 everything, which was so so helpful. And I had my therapy. I still see a therapist to this day. I think it'd be massive for the boxing world. Um, and you know, and I know that's the truth because I've had a few boxers reach out to me already, and I've had to help them. And put them onto uh, therapists, psychologists, um, get them some specific help, you know, and 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 put them in the right direction. So it's positive, it's positive, uh, and that's really the f- the forefront of why I've I've wanted to go involved. It's not so much 
to, to deal with all the other bits and bobs within the boxing is to do the things that maybe people don't see and, and just help fighters get into the right help. Um, I spoke to another fighter the other day who just had a detached retina um, who, who was in a you know, really kind of lonely place and very promising fighter he was. And, you know, I'd spoken to him within great detail. I'm now just trying to help him get into that next chapter. What is he going to transition into? What is his interest? What is, What does he like doing? Uh, because he didn't really know what he was going to do. So just those conversations of just letting them, letting fighters know, like, you're not alone, but, you know, what this is what I can try and do to help and pushing them into the right direction. I think that's what boxing needs it's not just about when you're on top of the world or you're under Eddie Hearn and you are you know a flashing you know you're the you're the man right flavor of the month flavor of the month or whatever it is or however long it lasts but when it all ends that's when it really matters so and do people care when it ends no of course they don't of course they don't because (laughs) not everyone because you know, whether it's a business element or whether it is, you know, you have to look at fighters that come now to maybe shows and if you're not relevant, you're not relevant. I'm not relevant in boxing anymore. Like, I don't really... There's people that I see in boxing that probably won't even bother having a conversation with me just because I'm not relevant. But when I was probably relevant, they were the same people that were all in my face having conversations. So... It's all it's all noted. It's all observed. Does it really stop my journey? Not really. Does it really bother my journey? Not really. But that's the reality in in the world we are in. You know, you have to understand how fickle it is. You have to understand your circle's got to be real tight and small because they're the ones that really only truly care. The only people that see how fickle it is are retired fighters because, like I said, we spoke about this earlier about. Mm. If you're in media, you kind of keep a little bit of your relevance um, to someone who's possibly still in the public eye to a certain degree. But I think for retired fighters, and there's more so that are not, I think when they stop boxing, and like you just compared it to yourself, when they stop boxing, Mm. and it's like a year down the line, and it's almost like, oh, Leon, or so-and-so, like, Mm. whoever it is, Mm. it's almost like, the, that person is the only person that's going to feel exactly how fickle the sport is, if that makes sense. I only really probably know that just through my dad and my uncle. Mm. So, my, no, with, with respect, my uncle's a former three-time world champion. He probably struggled to get a ticket. Mm. But, uh, uh, do you know what I mean? My dad's a former British European champion. Why, why would you struggle to get a ticket? Is this my point? It's, it's the same in football. Mm. Honestly, it's the same with football. I, you know, I've played 18 years of football. Now, now I'm obviously working with Crystal Palace now, but there's times and things where I'm just like, you know, I've got actually arcs to get a ticket. I'll get one, but it's like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, come on now, you know? So sometimes I think there's got to be certain respect there in, in, certain, in, in other areas. Um, yeah, I truly believe that. Okay, um, final one. Mm. Answer this is... Uh... In whichever way you kind of see the interpretation, but what 
still drives that fight within you today? What is it? What are the factors that get you out of bed in the morning and strive you to finishing off the day? What, what drives that fight still within you as a person? I think my spirit is, is special in itself because uh, you know, I truly believe that God has got my back. Um, so the times that I've not wanted to get out of bed, at some point I will to, to try and uh, achieve what I can in that particular day. So, you know, I'm all, I do a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at TalkSport still. I'm in my third series, which is kind of a similar sort of podcast role. Uh, called After the Lights Go Out with Steve Harmison. Um, that's like fantastic in itself of what it does. From a therapeutic point of view, we have former athletes on talking about careers and, and, and trauma and addiction and all these things that are, you know, I think very important to, to speak about and, it, you know, commendable of the athletes coming on, you know, being brave and speaking about those things. My children, uh, seeing them grow, doing the best I can for them, uh, you know, just trying to be the best me. That's my drive is trying to be the best me, um, trying to make a difference uh, after competing. The competing days are, are over now. So how can I make a difference in other people's lives apart from my own? So that's what my, my goals are. That's what I want, I want to try and achieve. That's why, you know, with the uh, documentary coming, God willing, this year, um which I've, it's been six years, this is the sixth year, so it's done, it's ready, we've got a few things to do, but those things that I look forward to, uh, of what it can do and the change that it can make, and just, yeah, just trying to, just trying to be as happy as I can, because, you know, you can't be everyday happy, but you can make a difference to uh, what you do in, in terms of trying to be. That's it, really. Okay, well, Leon, listen, I much appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I wanted to you to do this because I know that mm. without knowing everything you was going to say today, I kind of knew that certain topics you were the, mm. the right person to... Was that okay? Yes, you, you answered, it was answered no, okay? No, listen, every answer is... Because I never know who you could... But no, it's, it's good, and we see, like... Just to finish up on that, Tyson Fury um, talking so much about his journey and his struggles with <coughs> mental health. But I think for yourself, and you've been doing this for a long time as well. And I think before Tyson Fury, before of course, yeah. and you've spoke openly um, across two high-profile sports, um, and it's not specifically connected to sports, but that has been a part of your life, obviously. Mm. So it has. Obviously, impact there, but I think yeah. it's bigger than me. It's not. It's not fundamentally about me. I don't talk just to hear the sound of my own voice. I, I talk because I know what it does for someone that may be listening that's struggling, right? Um, and then you have to look at you know, like your Tyson Furies and and the people that have higher profiles. It's it's great that they're in a position to to be vulnerable and and be able to speak. You know, he's an amazing athlete in terms of what he's achieved. Um, but also, you have to be as real as you can with it as well. Mm. So, then you do have to make, make the right choices, and 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 you know if you speak it, you have to go by that. But surely it's a case of if 
whatever Tyson Fury says or whatever you say. If it helps it's bigger one than us. person... There you go. That's why you have if to... If it helps one person from making a choice that... I was trying to word that in a way, but you know what I mean. Check if, out, it, yeah. if it stops someone from killing themselves, let's say how it is, so yeah. stop someone from killing themselves, one person, surely keep talking. Surely. 100%. You've got to say, that's why I never knock the Tyson Furies or anyone that comes forward and just has the ability to, to be open and vulnerable at that particular time. No matter their position, it's just more highlighted when you are a higher profile. So people obviously look into that more so, but they are average, normal, working people. Absolutely. That need to be heard as well. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's the courage that we have to give them. When we're in these positions, we have to give them that, that courage to, do, to be able to speak. It's not just because you're an athlete or you're a celebrity or therefore, you know, everyone's got to listen to you. No, there's someone down the road who's, who's, who's a postman struggling. So, No, absolutely. I think, obviously, the point I was making, which I know you get anyway, is that yeah. the, the, the reach and the more high-profile someone is, the wider that message can Correct. potentially go. Correct. I think that's the point. That's, that's exactly that. So if you have been through those experiences, credit to you and the people that do speak. Leo McKenzie, thank you very much for joining me on Raw, the fight with him. Um, we'll catch you next week. Make sure to comment, like and subscribe. Leon, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.